0: Come on, who's glad to be in church today? Come on, make some noise for Jesus right now. Come on. Wow. Anybody just love worship into that song? Aren't you grateful for an incredible worship team that leads us into the presence of God every single week? So grateful. So grateful. It's such an honor to be with you. It's, It's such an honor to be in His presence. I I hope we never lose sight of that, that it's not just you and me gathered together. We are in the presence of Almighty God. His, His Spirit is in this place. He surrounds us. A God who loves you. A God who wants you more than anything to know Him and to encounter His presence, to experience His love, His mercies, His gifts, His presence daily in your life, His peace. And some of you, maybe you're not living with peace right now. There's no peace in your heart. There's no peace in your home. And you're so focused on everything that's going on around you. And there's fear in your heart and there's anxiety in your bones. I just feel like we need to ask the Lord, God, by your presence, by your Holy Spirit, would you just bring a calm, right now, your peace that defies every circumstance, your peace that is never dependent on what's going on around us, your peace in every heart, in every home. And would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see your word today? And an overwhelming awareness of your goodness and your mercy and your presence with us now. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Come on one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Y'all can go ahead and. Have a seat every location. I want to welcome you wherever you're joining us from, in person, online. Those of you at our Polaris location, Short North, Hilliard, you're glad you're here. If you're watching online on television, we're glad to be t- tuned in with you or you're tuned in with us, whatever it is. I-, I want to encourage you if you're watching online, if you're watching on television, and you can be in a physical location, we have one at Polaris in the Short North in Hilliard. It's, it's time. Any, anybody recognize it's time? Come on. It's time. You, you can start to make your way out your home and come back to church and just get in his presence. And some of you, you've joined us from a distance and you've, you've never been in one of these facilities before. And, and, and you know, the church isn't a building. The church is the people, right? The, the people of God. But there is something so incredibly powerful when the church gathers together. There's just, there's nothing like the, 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 the anointing on a corporate worship experience. And so I just feel like it's my job as a pastor to keep encouraging the people in our city to, if you can leave your home, it's time to leave your home. If, if, you, if you can eat at Applebee's, come on somebody, if you can go out to eat at Applebee's on a Friday night, you can be in church on a Sunday morning. Amen? That's all I'm going to say about that. We want to see you. We want to worship alongside of you. We, we started a, a series, um, oh, and to the hundreds of prisons tuned in right now from all across the nation church come on put your hands together the hundreds the hundreds more than 350 prisons across 49 states we get letters from men and women every single week from behind bars and i get to meet men and women every single week who get out and they they join our church behind bars and then as soon as they're released they, they show up and And uh, look, you you have never been a project for anybody here. You are a part of this family, and we mean that from the bottom of our hearts. So a special welcome one more time. Come on, put your hands together for the men and women joining us behind bars today. We started a brand new series last week called We Think It's a Really Big Deal. And we're going to continue with that series next week. We're calling an audible today. We're we're just going to push pause. We're going to continue that next week. We think it's a really big deal that we have a special guest with us today. Pastors Herbert and Tiffany Cooper are in the house. Come on, church. You're not clapping loud enough because some of you don't know what you're about to receive today. Pastors Herbert and Tiffany Cooper uh, started a church called People's Church in Oklahoma City in 2002, and since then, since they started their church about 19 years ago, it has grown to become one of the most significant moves of God in the nation, truly a multi-generational, multi-cultural, just multi, multi, everything. Put anything in front of a church you can and just put multi in front of that, that's People's Church. He, um, he is an incredible gift to the church. They serve together as lead team members of the Association of Related Churches, the ARC Network. And ARC Churches is the network that helped us launch in 2011. We we, we likely would not have a church today if the men and women of ARC weren't willing to believe in us, when very few people were willing to believe in us, when this church was nothing but a dream in our hearts. And we were just like... Seeking the lord but we were lost out of our minds just how do we do this and and god can you send us some life-giving spirit-filled people that can help us figure this thing out And, and ark gave us that they supported us they got behind us and since they got behind this church we've been supporting ark and we've been a part of helping to plant i believe somewhere between 940 and 970 churches all across the nation together that's what we get to do Through this incredible relationship, this network that we're in, and and so we're grateful for that, but um, I'm telling you, Pastor Herbert, he's got such an anointing on his life, and he has such a gift to speak and just to minister, so would you do me a favor? Would you stand back up on your feet, every location? Would you put your hands together? Give a big Rock City welcome to our friend, Pastor Herbert Cooper. Come on, would you just put your hands
1: together for Jesus? Would you do that? Come on, can you raise the roof for Jesus? Can we do that? Lord, we love you. We honor you. We magnify you. You're a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You can be seated. Welcome to all of our locations. It's so great to be at Rock City and, wow, just to see what God is doing and uh, thinking about Ark and the churches that we start and amazing churches like this that you're a part of because of your generosity and Wow, it's special. Uh, I'm able to travel around and speak out at different churches and and conferences and just to see a move of God, uh, to see what God is doing. And I just like to say to churches like this because this is so rare and yet you're here all the time and you can just get used to it. Uh, But this is not normal. (laughs) What you're experiencing is not normal. Uh, The life change is happening. There are churches that are praying right now, God, would you save somebody? Could we see somebody get water baptized? <laughs> Could we see somebody's life changed? And you're baptizing every year hundreds of people, thousands of people coming to faith in Christ, launching new locations, lives being changed, taking the gospel into hundreds of prisons. People are praying for revival. Rock City, you're living in revival. You are experiencing <laughs> revival the hand of God the move of God and I just want to say uh, to Pastor Chad and Pastor Katie we we honor you Uh, we love you Uh, we know the grit and the grind and the prayers and the sacrifice and the building of teams and the generosity the faith that it takes to do what you're doing you are under great leadership I love your pastors their humility their giftedness their godliness and then I, I love your pastors, but then I, I hate them too because I hate them. You know, some of us, you know, we only get two gifts. You know what I mean? Your pastor, you know, Pastor Chad's good looking. He can preach and he can sing. It ain't right, church. It ain't right. I can't hear. Hallelujah. Okay, I can't sing, but if I could, I would work it right now. I would work that thing right now. But I do honor your pastors, and thank you for allowing me to come and invest into your church, into this house, into this movement uh, that is impacting not only this region, but the nation and the world. Eyes are on what you guys are doing. I do have my best friend here. Uh, we've been married this year. will be 24 years. And she's the love of my life. Would you stand, Tiffany? Come on, would you stand and just greet the people? There's There's my lovely wife of... This fall will be 24 years and I love her with all of my heart and uh, God has given us four kids. Matter of fact, here's a picture of our entire family right here. Uh, On the right hand side is our oldest son. That is Kel Cooper. He's 17. He's a senior in high school. And then on the far left over here is Mr. Cade Cooper. He's 16 and a sophomore in high school. And then our baby girl, she's 15, Karis Marie. And she's a freshman in high school. Then the baby of the family, Mr. Case. He is 13 years old. So we got four teenagers right now, church. We got 14. Yeah, come on, stretch your hands and pray for me right now. Just pray, come on. Just say a prayer over me, huh? And we got four teenagers. At one point, my wife and I, we had four children, four and under. Uh, only the people that have kids just went, oh, my God. Oh. Four children, four and under. And th- there's a problem in our home. My, my, my wife cannot keep her hands off of me. And so I just could, <laughs> I, I covet your prayers. And last night was a tough night for me. I'm like, baby, I got to preach tomorrow. She's like, ah! I gotta preach so but but I made it I'm here I'm here but I I, want to talk to you today for a few moments from from this thought it's worth the wait it's worth to wait And, and, and let me just say right up front I struggle with waiting Waiting is challenging for me. I, I, I'm an impatient person. I'm growing in the fruit of the spirit of being more patient. Is there anybody else that can relate to my struggle that you struggle waiting? I mean, you you, you know, we just want things now. And, and our culture does not help us. We live in a culture that just everything's about right now. We live in a culture that's all about instant, overnight, Prime, Express Lane, instant messaging. We, we even have apps to avoid traffic because we do not like to wait. We've got grocery shopping, pickup or delivery, Instapot, instant coffee, faster internet, fiber, 5G cell. You got call-ahead seating, online reservations, online check-in, pre-check lines. We do not like to wait. M- matter of fact... My wife and I, when we landed here in Columbus, my phone sent me a reminder that I could check in for my our flights which are today after the last service and so right there on the plane when I landed I checked in for flights the very next day cuz I don't like to wait who else does that go ahead and check in on the flights the day I ha- I don't like to wait and when I get to the airport I usually fly American and I I'm group number 4 and so they'll they'll call group 1 up I'm cool they call group 2 up I'm good Group three? Hey, baby, get the bass. Come on, it's group three. And I'm starting to scope out everybody. Where, who, are you group three? Are you group four? you group three? you group four? you group three? Because I'm going to be at the front of group four. Who knows what I'm talking about? Because I do not like to wait. And even when I'm driving my car, I don't know why I'm an aggressive driver. I, I have no idea. I'm not, I, I don't even, I'm, sometimes I'm driving, I don't have anywhere to be. That That's on a time clock. That's on a clock. I just know I've got time. it's 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 my off day. I'm just running to the store. But even though I'm driving to the store, don't have a time to be there, I'm still in a rush. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, i gotta get there i gotta get there and i'm driving my car and as i'm driving my car there's a light in front of me it's 20 yards ahead it's green i'm going to make it 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 i hit the gas a little bit more the light turns yellow i got this bad boy i hit the gas i'm going to make it and then the car in front of me stops To wait and then they came out with the worst invention ever now on the iPhone when you text somebody and they open the message up and they're getting ready to text you back you see dot 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 (laughs) dot 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 and I you know you ever send somebody a text I've sent somebody a text it's a one-word reply it's yes or no I see that you're reading it dot 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 dot. What was taking you so long? Dot dot dot. And I'm one of them brothers. I will send question mark sin, question mark sin, question mark sin, question mark sin. Hello, are you there? What's taking you so long? Respond. Yes or no? I do not like to wait. And then you read the Bible. And the Bible talks about how to wait on God. And waiting is not easy. Waiting is challenging. You're waiting on the dream to come to pass. You're waiting on the vision to come to pass. You're waiting to launch the business. You're you're waiting for the marriage to turn around. You're waiting to get married and to find the right spouse. You're waiting, trying to figure out how can we have children. You're waiting for your child who's away from God to come back home. You're waiting for the healing in your body. You find yourself in a waiting season, and it's not easy. It can be challenging and then you hop online and you hop on social media and then it seems like everybody else's dreams are coming to pass. New car, (laughs) new home. Look at my new spouse. Look at my restaurant that I eat at, steak and potatoes. (laughs) You're like, why are their dreams coming to pass and mine are not happening? What in the world is going on? And today, if you find yourself in the waiting season of life, I want you to know that you are in good company. Because when you open up the scriptures, you find out that waiting is a part of the plan of God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3 and verse number 1, there is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens. This verse lets us know that we don't all live in the same season at the same time. All of us have a planting season and a watering season and a harvest season. We all experience those three seasons, planting, watering, and harvest season. And if you find yourself in the planting season, don't throw Haterade on somebody else who's the harvest season, because the same God that that, that brought them a harvest will bring you a harvest if you will learn how to wait on the Lord properly, learn how to celebrate somebody else in a harvest season, because you know that God will take you from the planting season to the harvest season if you will learn how to wait on the Lord. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3 says, for the vision is yet... For an appointed time. Come on, everybody shout appointed time. Oh, you didn't shout. Come on, every location shout appointed time. appointed time. Yeah, yeah, the vision, the dream is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries. Here it goes. Wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I want you to notice the scripture says God has an appointed time. There's an appointed time on his calendar to bring the vision to pass, to bring the dream to pass, to bring the breakthrough to pass. What we have to do is to learn to wait on the Lord. Somebody needs to hear today, God knows what he is doing. Wait on the Lord. God will do what he said he would do. Just learn to wait on the Lord. There's an Point time in Genesis chapter 18 verse number 14 it says is anything too hard for the Lord this is referring to Abraham and Sarah they're waiting on this promised child God promised them a child and they're in the waiting season and the scripture says is anything too hard for the Lord I will return to you at the appointed time. Notice those two words, the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. God says, I want you to understand something. Even when it comes to this promised child, it's on my calendar. There is an appointed time to bring the child to pass, to bring the vision to pass. Somebody needs to hear this today. God has an appointed time on His calendar. You just learn how to wait for the Lord. He's got an appointed time for the marriage. He's got a, an appointed time for the child to come back home. He's got an appointed time for the healing. He's got an appointed time for your business. He's got an appointed time for your deliverance. He's got an appointed time... God has an appointed time on His calendar. You've got to learn to wait. Wait on the Lord. I want to sow one big idea today. Here's the big idea that I want to get deeply into our hearts and our minds today, and that is this. Do not run ahead of God. In the waiting season, do not run ahead of God. And Abraham and Sarah, they were waiting on this promised child. They God told them they were going to be the father of many nations. Their descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, and they were waiting for the promised child, and they began to get a little anxious. They began to get a little nervous. God's not moving fast enough. So Abraham and Sarah decided to take matters into their own hands and the scripture says in Genesis chapter 16 and verse number 1 it says now Sariah her name was later changed to Sarah Abrams wife his name was later changed to Abraham had borne him no children but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar so she said to Abram the Lord has kept me from having children go sleep with my slave perhaps I can build a family through her Abraham. Abram agreed to what Sariah said. Now I want you to catch this. Sarah here is she's getting fed up. We're waiting on this child. God's not doing anything. We've been waiting for years. Nothing is happening. What is going on? What in the world is God doing? Why is He not moving? Why is He not showing up? Why is it? Why can't I get pregnant? We keep trying and trying. Nothing is happening. And then Sarah had a great idea. Let's help God out. I think God needs our help. So here's what you're going to do, Abraham. Take Hagar, our maidservant. I want you to sleep with her and have a child with her, and we're going to build a family through her. Abraham looked at Sarah. Huh? Okay, okay. If that's what you say. And Abraham took Hagar and had a child called Ishmael. And Abraham and Sarah ran ahead of God. And before you and I pick on Abraham and Sarah, before we point our fingers at them, before we make fun of them, before we look down on them because they ran ahead of God, I think all of us have to be transparent that we have all, at some point in our life, we have all run ahead of God. And I know in my own life, on numerous occasions, I have run ahead of God. I remember being in college. I was dating this young lady, I was a Christian, she was a Christian, and yet our relationship was toxic. It wasn't good on her, it wasn't good on me, it wasn't a healthy relationship, and the young lady had more sense than I had, so she called me one day, and she called off the relationship she broke up with me. But because of my own insecurity, because of my own drama, because of my own unhealth, I felt like I needed her, I needed to have a girlfriend, I'm going to marry this girl, I need her. So I called her and then I called her the next day and then I called her the next day and then I called her again and I called her again until she finally got back with me. And when we got back together again, it was still toxic. It was unhealthy. It wasn't good on her. It wasn't good on me. And I kept feeling this nudge in my heart, like this is not the right thing. This, this is not what you should be doing. This is not the one I have for you. And so I kept feeling this nudge, but I just kept moving forward. I just kept running ahead of God. And then one day, I just felt it so strong. This nudge. This is not what I have for your life. And I decided that day, Herbert, stop running ahead of God. And so I called the young lady and I broke up with her. I called off the relationship and I just wonder what would have happened if I would have kept running ahead of God I would have never met my boo thing my sweet thing my girlfriend the hot sauce on my chitlins the gravy on my biscuits the the butter on my popcorn come I would have never met Tiffany if I wouldn't have broke up with this young lady we wouldn't have those four precious kids today here's what I've learned about waiting on the Lord The only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing that you would have. Because whenever you run ahead of God, things never turn out the way that you want them to. I'm an application preacher, so I want to give you some application to take home with you. Because I want to help you today, wait on the Lord. You have dreams, you've got goals, you got things God's spoken to your heart. COVID slowed some of it up, all that we've been dealing with, but I want you to know, if you will learn to wait on the Lord, the dream, the vision will come to pass. Let me give you four wise ways to wait. You can take some notes here and take this home, apply it to your life. Four wise ways to wait. We're going to look at Abraham and Sarah today, and we're going to study their life, but we're also going to couple, Abraham and Sarah with Psalm chapter 37. I like to call Psalm 37 the waiting chapter of the Psalms, and we're going to look at these four wise ways to wait. Number one is this, wait with trust. Wait with trust. Psalm 37 It talks about waiting with trust and we know that Abraham and Sarah had to trust God during the good seasons during the bad seasons during the mistakes that they made they had to trust God right where they were in Psalm 37 verse 4 says take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires commit everything you do to the Lord trust him and he will help you church when you trust God with your desires When you trust God with your dreams, when you trust God with your vision, your waiting is never wasted. You just really have to lean on God more than you lean on yourself. And that's not always easy to do when you're in the waiting season of life. Here's one of the temptations when you're waiting on God. One of the temptations when God's not showing up. When when you still can't meet the right person that you know God has somebody for you and you want to get married, but you're not meeting that person. You you, you keep waiting, God, when are you going to turn the marriage around? And you're in this waiting season and, and things are not even getting better. Sometimes you're waiting and things seem to be getting worse. And the temptation is to start trusting yourself more than you start really trusting and leaning on God. The temptation is to start leaning on your own understanding, your own wisdom, your own ingenuity. Instead of really trusting in God and his word over your life. And Abraham and Sarah trusted themselves more than they trusted God's plan and his purpose and his way for their life. And whenever we run ahead of God, we can end up like Abraham and Sarah we can start birthing burdens instead of birthing blessings. Come on, have you ever been there before where you've run ahead of God and you birth a people problem and you want to blame the devil, but it was really you? There's tension in that relationship because you ran ahead of God. Have you ever ran ahead of God and you birthed a financial problem and you want to blame everybody else? But the truth of the matter was you ran ahead of God. Have you ever birthed a family problem and you want to blame everybody else? But if you really just process it, you realize, no, no, no. I ran ahead of God and I'm dealing with the pain of this because I birthed something because I ran ahead of God. Whenever we run ahead of God, we start birthing burdens instead of birthing blessings and I want you to see a second wise way to wait number one wait with trust number two wait with a quiet soul with a quiet soul Abraham and Sarah had to learn to wait on God with a quiet soul instead of a restless soul and the psalmist talks about this in Psalm 37 and verse number seven it says be still In the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed. But though I love this right here, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. I love this. If you will wait. On the Lord you will possess the land if you'll learn to be still if you'll learn to wait with a quiet soul be still in God's presence and God will bring the vision the dream to pass let me just give you some nuggets about waiting on God with a quiet soul and that first is this learn to be still versus being restless be still versus being restless The psalmist said, be still in the presence of the Lord. Rest in God's presence. Learn to enjoy everyday life. Learn to enjoy the season that you're in instead of always being restless, trying to get to the next season. Learn to enjoy right where you are until God opens up the next door. Learn to praise him in the hallway. Learn to praise him right where you are. And this has been a challenge for me. This has been one of the greatest challenges of my life. I'm one of those people, like many of us, I have a goal, and once I reach that goal, then I set a new goal. Then I reach that goal, then I set a new goal. Then I reached that goal, and then I set a new goal. And I thought that once I accomplished that goal, that would satisfy this, this anxiousness on the inside of me, this restlessness on the inside of me. I thought once I graduate from college, this, this restlessness will go away, and I graduated, and it was still there. Well, after we get married, Tiffany and I get married, that, that, that's a big goal in my life. When that happens, this restlessness will go away. And it, it was still there. Well, once we have kids, that restlessness will go away. Oops, there it is, four of them. <laughs> and I was still Restless. Well, when we start our church, once we start the church, then that restlessness will go away. And we started the church. Well, once we once we buy land and build a building, that restlessness will go away. And we did. And well, once we start multiple locations, once we reach thousands, that restlessness will go away. And it never went away. And here's what I learned about life: is most of life is lived in the in-between season. Most of life is lived. We go from gold, then got a new gold, then got a new gold, then got a new gold. But most of your life is lived in the in-between season. And you have to learn to enjoy everyday life. The journey is more important than the destination. You've got to learn to be still right where you are. You've got to learn to enjoy the season that God has you in. You've got to learn to be faithful right where God has you. Wait on the Lord with a quiet soul. Instead of a restless soul, learn to enjoy right where you are. Here's a second key about waiting with a quiet soul, and that is be still versus worrying about others. Be still versus worrying about others. I, I love what the psalmist says. He says, don't worry about evil people. Don't worry about everyone else's success and dreams, keep your eyes off what everybody else is doing. Everybody at every location online, everybody look this way, look this way. This is a word for somebody right now. You run your race. You run your race. Your dream's not going to come to pass. Your vision's not going to come to pass by focusing on everybody else's race. You run the race that God has called you to run. And for some of you, you've got to quit watching what everybody else is doing. I mean, you're so focused on what everybody else is doing. You're over there looking at social media all the time, just what everybody else is doing. Mmm. that hair ain't even real. Oh Mmm. Mm. Got you a new car. I know you didn't pay for you broke. You are broke. I, mm. <laughs> right? You just, and, and it just, you're agitated. Mm. Hate you. Hate you. Hate everything about you. Just, just like, it's messing with you. Some of you, This is a word from the Lord for somebody. You need to get off of social media for about 90 days because it's messing with your mind. It's messing with you on the inside. You're watching everybody else, and you got to run your race. He says, stop being angry at evildoers. Stop focusing on everybody else. When you're in the waiting season, quit worrying about everybody else, and you run your race. Here's the third is be still versus being angry. Be still versus being angry. That that verse 8 said, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. And wow, that's real right there. Because when you're waiting on God and it's not happening, you're like, God, where are you? Why aren't you showing up? God, I've been praying about this for years. Where are you? And sometimes you can get frustrated. Frustrated. You find yourself mad at people, and you can even find yourself mad at God. God, why aren't you showing up? Why aren't you moving? Why aren't you turning around? Why aren't you healing? Why not the breakthrough? Why not the promotion? Why aren't you showing up, God? And now you can find yourself being angry at God. And I want somebody to know this. God knows what he's doing. God has everything under control. You just have to learn to trust God even when you can't trace what he's doing trust his heart he knows the plans that he has for you to prosper you to give you a hope and a future keep trusting in God in the waiting season number 3 let me give you a third wise way to wait just turn to your neighbor right now and just tell your neighbor this message is not for me but I know it's for you i'm glad you can come on I, i'm glad you came to church today Number three, number three, number three, wait with action. Wait with action. I-, I love this about Abraham and Sarah. God spoke to them. You're going to be the father, mother of many nations. And right when God spoke to them, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, that Abraham and Sarah left Haran. They, they left their homeland, their country. They-, they were moving. They were people of action. And the psalmist said in Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24, the Lord directs the steps Of the godly he delights in every detail of their lives though they stumble they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand here's what this verse teaches us that while we are waiting we should be stepping while we are waiting we should be stepping waiting is not Passive Waiting is not doing nothing. We should be moving by faith. We're people of faith. But I want you to notice it says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. So in other words, when you're in the waiting season, don't run ahead of God. Don't direct your own steps wait for the Lord to direct your steps and I'm so grateful that God has given us the Bible the inspired Word of God to to, to to be a lamp to our feet I'm grateful that for every person who has given their life to Jesus God has given us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us to guide our lives to lead our lives and the scripture says my sheep know my voice and they will not follow another and when you're in the waiting season You want to move with action, but you want to move by faith, by following God's Word and by following God's Spirit. You want to stay in step with what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and you want to stay in step with what God's Word says. And you say, Pastor, what do I do when I'm in a season and I'm waiting on God and I don't know exactly what to do? What do I do? I'm listening for God. I want to move forward, but what do I do in this waiting season when you don't know what to do? You do what you know to do. So let me say it to you like this. One of the reasons people miss out on what God has for their life is because they stop doing the last thing that God showed them to do. So whenever you're in a waiting season and you don't know what to do, keep doing the last thing that God showed you to do. Keep being faithful right where you are. The psalmist says it like this in chapter 37, verse 34. Check this out. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Notice what it says. Wait for the Lord. Check this out. And keep his way. Keep his way. So when you're waiting on God, that's action. Keep his way. Keep honoring God. Keep living for God. Keep living a life of integrity don't start falling into sin don't start living your own way keep his way and that's for somebody today you don't know what to do you're in this waiting season keep God's way keep praying every day keep reading your Bible every day keep fasting keep coming to church every single Sunday keep serving in the ministry that you're serving in keep tithing keep giving keep loving people keep loving your spouse keep living holy in your dating keep having integrity at your workplace in your school keep doing what you know to do we are people of action we are people of faith we're always moving forward and when you don't know what to do you do what you know to do and then god will show you the next step wait for the lord number four is this there's a fourth nugget i want to share with you this fourth wise way To wait. And that is wait with commitment. Wait with commitment. This is my favorite point. Psalm 37, verse number 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord. Now, it's the end of this verse that I want to focus on. And wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently. For him to act waiting patiently takes commitment but you and I have to wait on God to act if you will wait God will act if you will wait God will act Rock City don't walk away in the delay wait on the Lord. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years, and they saw the dream come to pass because they did not walk away in the delay. They waited with commitment. The New Testament talks about this story of Abraham and Sarah in Romans chapter number 4 and Verse number 18, let me share what the New Testament says about this particular story that I'm talking about today. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. My body's not functioning well. I'm I'm old since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. She's never had a child. His body's as good as dead. Her womb is dead. That means their dream is dead. How are we gonna have a child? Some of you can relate to this story today because you look at your life and you feel like my career is dead. My finances are dead. My marriage is dead my dating life pastor Herbert I'm telling you it's not good it's it's dead the situations when I look at my family it just it looks hopeless my family life is is dead I've got a vision I got a dream and it's not happening my vision my dream is dead but the scripture goes on to say in verse number 20 yet even though they looked in the natural and their bodies were as good as dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God... God had power to do what he had promised. And God sent me from Oklahoma City here to Columbus to tell somebody that's waiting and the situation looks dead. You need to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he said. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should change his mind. If he said it, he will do it. I know that you're in the waiting season. I know that you've taken a licking, but keep on ticking. Keep trusting God. He's going to bring the dream to pass. He's going to bring the vision to pass. He's going to bring the business to pass. He's going to turn around the business. He's going to turn around your finances. He's going to set you free from that addiction. He's going to turn the marriage around. He's going to bring you a spouse. God knows what he is doing wait on the Lord. My life verse, Galatians chapter number six, and verse number nine. My life verse do not grow weary in well doing, because in due season, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And God sent me to tell somebody, don't you dare give up in this waiting season. Don't you dare give up on God. Don't you dare give up on His church. Don't you dare give up on praying. Don't you dare give up on reading the Bible. Don't you dare give up living by faith. God is going to bring the dream to pass weight on the Lord. Come on, Rock City, right there in your seat. Would you just take 10 seconds and say, God, I wait on you. I wait on you. I wait. Come on. Just somebody lift your hands right where you are. I wait on you, Lord. I wait on you. I wait on you. I, I know you're gonna do it, God. I know you're gonna turn it around. I come on, I wait on you, God. I wait, 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 because at the appointed time, God is going to bring the vision to pass. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word thanks for your presence thank you for this incredible church lord i thank you that we find ourselves in the waiting season but you're on the move lord your delays are not your denials and i thank you that hope is arising faith is arising Lord, today confidence is arising in our great God that you will bring the dream. You will bring the vision to pass. Lord, I pray for a tenacity to wait on the Lord. I pray for a fervor of faith to wait for you in this season. In Jesus' name, I pray. As eyes are closed and heads are bowed today, and there are some that are in this room today joining me at another location or joining us online right now and you find yourself far from God you're not living for God you don't you don't know the Lord you don't even know a whole lot about church or maybe you could even quote a Bible verse or you would know John 3:16, but but you don't really have a relationship with the Lord your sins have never been forgiven you're not a part of the family of God and I, I remember what that was like being lost in that football locker room And we woke to Oklahoma, and I didn't know God as a football player, as an athlete, and far from God, but at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting, I went there for pizza, but that night I gave my life to Jesus, I heard about the good news that Jesus would wash away my sins, he'd forgive me, he'd give me new life, and that's for somebody today, he wants to wash away your sins, he wants to give you a second chance, he wants to give you new life today, he wants to forgive you today. There are others that are in this place today. You're joining us today. and You used to live for God. You used to serve God. But for whatever the reason, you drifted away. You've been living life on your own. You've been doing your own thing. And today you're that prodigal son or daughter. And today you need to come back home. God still has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Would you run to your father today and allow him to forgive you of all of your sins and begin to live out your God-given purpose and destiny today? if that's you, you need to give your life to Jesus today Or you want to recommit your life to the Lord As I count to three, would you just raise your hand high In the air at whatever location that you're at And I want to lead you in a prayer To say yes to Jesus One, two, three Just lift your hand high that's Thank you so much, so awesome, thank you Thank you so much, so awesome, thank you Thank you so much, so awesome Thank you, thank you so much, see so your hands there Thank you, come on to other locations, that's it Our prison, that's it, thank you so much So awesome, so awesome, so awesome Wow Would you pray this prayer with me right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose again. And I turn away from sin and I turn my life over to Jesus Christ. I confess him as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you that I'm a child of God. In
0: Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.